0: Bucky Barnes is here. Well, Bucky Barnes. Sorry guys, if this computer is in the way, you can always move to the sides. That's just recording for the guys that are online and all that stuff. Cool. Um, Yeah, so please uh, have the passage open, um, Job 28. So, yeah, we're going to be continuing through our series in Job um this chapter is specifically interesting so let's dive straight in so throughout the course of history mankind has accomplished many incredible things i mean we've established world trade we now know how to fly from continent to continent we have figured out how electricity works which has made all of our lives much better and some much worse due to social media. But we have figured out many of the hows through science, philosophy, great minds, uh, and even through school, (laughs) surprising. But even though we know so many of the hows, we don't know many of the whys behind it. Our human wisdom can only go so far. And today we're going to be taking a look at wisdom, what the Bible says about wisdom, uh, and the true definition of it, which I think we as a world can sometimes get confused about. So let's start at the beginning of this chapter. So, At the beginning, we see a whole paragraph on mining. Now, I don't know when was the last time you guys thought about mining. It's not something that we think about or see in our everyday lives, unless you are a Minecraft fan, then you are an exception. But here we have a very clear picture of what mining was and how they did it back in the day. I mean, we see in verse three, man puts into an darkness and searches out the father's limit in the all, the, the all in the gloom and deep darkness. He opens shafts in a valley, away from where anyone lives. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air, far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. So. The picture there is someone going down into a deep shaft with probably a lantern or a torch to light the way, being lowered down probably by a friend or few friends on a rope with probably a pickaxe in hand and searching out the depths of the earth. And why? Well, in search of jewels and precious metals, silver, gold, to bring to light the things of the dark now a good question would be why is this here Um, for those of you who are interested in history it might be fascinating but well what does it say to us today well it is just speaking about the process of mining which is quite labor intensive, it's hard work. And often you are forgotten when you do it, going down to the depths. And we actually see man's ingenuity, man's great ability to do things, to go and find all of these precious jewels and gold and silver. If we just take a look at verse nine and 11, Man puts his hands to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rock and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams so that they do not trickle. And the thing that is hidden, he brings out to the light. It's pretty amazing if you think about it, what man can do and what he has found deep inside the earth. Precious things, things that are worth working for to get it. But then here, there's a gear shift in the passage. And it's also worth noting that this passage is a poem. Um, And the poet points us now to something more precious than gold, silver, or jewels. But where shall wisdom be found? And where shall the place, and where is the place of understanding? The poet here is actually comparing wisdom to jewels. He has said, surely there's a place for silver and a place for gold where they refine. I mean, we've seen the miners go down into the depths and they find these precious things. But the poet here asks the important question, where can this greater precious thing, wisdom, where is it found? And the next verse, verse 13, can feel a bit like a spoiler. Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. Wisdom is priceless and unattainable. It can't be bought and it can't Found. We see the poet looking to the depths of the earth, uh, and even out into the vast universe, even asking death um, in this poetic sense, where can wisdom be found? And there is no answer. It doesn't seem to be anywhere. And he says wisdom is priceless. It cannot be bought for gold, silver, onyx, sapphire, gold glass, coral or crystal. It is priceless. Not even all the riches in the world that we know today can buy wisdom. And this would be a very depressing Bible passage, if that's where it ended all, we would, all we would know is that we cannot find it and we cannot buy it. Uh, To put that into a modern perspective, we cannot find it in education, philosophy, science, pop culture, and it is nowhere to be seen. But then the poet turns our eyes away from humanity and to God. The God who knows where wisdom is, and knows all things indeed. You see in verse 24. He sees everything under the heavens. And he made all things. So of course he would know where wisdom is. For he made it. He knows it well. Um, and then for the first time in the book of Job, something very significant happens. God speaks. God speaks to man. And here is a mic drop moment. It's the heart of the passage. All the rest was up. And the verses, and he said to man, verse 28, Behold the fear of the Lord. That is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. Now, what does that mean? It's an awesome buildup. We know that it can't be found anywhere but in God. We know that it is priceless and unattainable. Now, Here, we see that wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And we have really actually touched on what the fear of the Lord means. In the first verse of Job, when we are introduced to Job, we see that he is described as blameless, upright, and he feared God. Now, Gareth helped us in his first sermon just to understand what this fear of God means. He compared it to the fear that we have for our parents. So our parents have rules set for us to protect us. And when we disobey, we can fear how they will respond and discipline us, but we can also fear the consequences behind those that we are being protected from. You can just think of a parent letting a child go and play in a garden that is walled up, away from the world, and telling the child not to climb the wall because they would be in great danger outside and sets rules for playing with the other children, how to be kind and loving. It is this sort of fear that we have for God, God who is our Father. But there's also tied into this a very real fear of God's power. God, the creator of everything, he created the universe as a whole. He created the storms, the great weather that we know causes destruction around our world year after year. And it is this fear that we have, that we are in awe of him. So there's a trust level with the parent at respect level, but there's also a real genuine fear of knowing that God is powerful. But there is also more to what this wisdom is. Um, You might want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 18 and 19 and then verses 22 to 24. Let me read. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. And now, verse 22. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For oh, no, we can stop there. <laughs> so our worldly wisdom here is actually an attempt to be our own gods, to be like God, in setting our own rules, seeing what is good and right and thinking to yourself and only you thinking what is right and wrong. So worldly wisdom, which is actually no wisdom at all, tells us to rely on ourselves. And in this passage, we can see in verse 18. It is when you believe only in yourself, the cross will seem like foolishness, like folly. But God says that true wisdom is not found on reliance of yourself, but reliance on him, who is the creator, who knows everything right and wrong, and who is the ultimate source of wisdom. So we can rely and trust in him. That is what the fear of the Lord really means. And we can only do this through Jesus. Jesus, who is the power and the wisdom of God. It's pretty amazing. And trusting in God and what he has done, that is true wisdom. That is the fear of the Lord. And the greatest thing that he has done is send Jesus to die in our place and to bring us to himself. And it's actually upon this wisdom of relying on God, standing firm on him and not on ourselves or The worldly wisdom that we can find uh, everywhere on the internet, YouTube, self-help books, education, science, and philosophy that can tell us so many things. And those are actually good things. There are many scientists around the world who are making the world here and now better, helping people. Education is a good Thing. It brings us, it gives us skills to be able to work later in life and, yeah, helps the world to work, to function properly. But, and what this passage is saying, actually, is not that those are bad, but instead, those should be built upon the foundation of God's wisdom. God's wisdom that is supreme and over all things. It's the wisdom that you trust and rely on completely. And yeah, this is the bit wisdom that we build our lives on. It's our foundation. And it is this trust in the wisdom of God. The fear of the Lord is, it's both the trust, the trust that you'd have in a parent and knowing that he has real power. And again, resting in Jesus, not on human wisdom. And now actually, before I finish, I want to ask a few questions just to think of personally. Where do you trust? Where's your trust found in? Is it found in yourself? Is it found in your teachers, maybe your parents, your friends? Is it found in human wisdom? On God's ultimate wisdom, and how how does your life actually reflect this wisdom that you know if you do know God's wisdom? Do you, do you daily go back to what God has done, back to Jesus, and just knowing? God's wisdom and what is right and wrong, relying on him to discern, to see what is good and what is bad. And has your life been reflecting a true trust in him? Where do you look for wisdom? And let me, on that note, Pray for us. Lord, uh, we do thank you that you have revealed yourself through Jesus. And we thank you that true wisdom is not found in ourselves, Lord, and it's not found on the earth. We do not have to go searching for it, but it is here right in front of us today, Lord, in your word. You say wisdom is the fear of you. and Lord, we do just thank you that you have gifted us with this knowledge. We thank you that you have sent Jesus as a way for us to get to you. I do just pray that you'd just reflect this in our lives. Would you be at work in our hearts in helping us trust in you, not in ourselves, Lord. Build our, build our lives on your rock and not on the world's folly and lord i do just pray that you'd help us to see you more clearly every day would you be growing us i pray this all in your holy name amen well, you. Oh, Yes. That's right. well done. So guys, just as we finish off, uh, we're going to spend the last few moments, precious moments that we have, and uh, we're going to sing together. So see will you come and join me? Uh, I'll just put this here.